Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my co-host, as always, Monica. Hi! That was enthusiastic. (laughs) I am an enthusiastic gal. I know, I know. Yeah. So what's new, Monica? What's new? We've been busy over here. In the headquarters, doing fancy stuff, awesome things, getting episodes recorded and stuff to to hop over into the new year properly. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? It's pretty awesome. We have good things planned. What's one of those good things that's ending soon? The good thing, the best thing that's unfortunately ending soon is our amazing limited edition sale in our merch shop. In case you haven't noticed yet that our website is live, we have an awesome merch shop included and we have a limited edition shirt that plays for to every 90s hip-hop gal out there. Or at least that's what you told me. <laughs> sure turn it all on me monica it's just an awesome shirt geeky by nature instead of naughty by nature you know i do agree opp that i don't know but i still like the shirt so i can't believe you don't know that song it's like it was an anthem it was my anthem in the 90s i was backstreet boys in the 90s i was never hip hop cool So, listeners, if you are geeky by nature, just like me and Monica, why don't you head over to your merch shop? Because that limited edition shirt is gone after Christmas and it ain't coming back. It ain't coming back. And people, we already have our shirts and they're super comfortable. Monica (laughs) is currently touching herself. (laughs) It's amazing. I knew you would say that. But anyway, buy our shirts. They're cheap as well. And they're well-made. And mostly sustainable practices and really like organic cotton they're soft as anything yes so they're pretty amazing so hop over geekherring.com hop over to our merch store merch (laughs) store (laughs) merch store and get it Woo! woo that's not the only reason why we're here today no we're here to talk about christmas as geeks woo because it's almost Christmas. I mean, I don't know why I just made that super excited sound. Basically, I'm actually a really big Grinch. So I'm not very Christmassy, but I can talk Christmas. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the like the only thing I like about Christmas is spending time with family and eating a lot of food. Food. Definitely the food. <laughs> not always the family. <laughs> That's fair. But food is amazing. I do like giving gifts, I must say. So that's something that I kind of enjoy as well. Yeah, I like the the gift giving and and seeing the surprise and delight on people's faces. 
Um, I don't like the obligation of giving gifts at Christmas, though. I prefer to just give a gift whenever I am inspired to give a gift to somebody. That's true, just because sometimes you feel the pressure of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, sometimes capitalism sucks. I say sometimes, <laughs> like 99% of the time, capitalism sucks. Let's be honest here. That's it. That's coming from the people who just said, buy our shirts. I'm sure we're like low-key capitalists. We're local business. We're small business. We're online entrepreneurs. That's true. We're small, that's for sure. And our shirts are still super amazing. So buy them, buy them. <laughs> so anyway, Christmas people, I hope you're all really enjoying it and looking forward to all the crazy-ass things happening. Maybe you've got some snowfall. Maybe you're like us here in Northern Ireland when we've just got rain or maybe you're somewhere hot and sunny and making the rest of the world a little bit jealous i don't know if everybody's jealous i mean i'm in snow right now that argument just didn't roll right because <laughs> i'm really not enjoying the cold right now but i also can't imagine myself sitting on a beach with a palm tree christmas tree to be fair i have done that before not the whole beach part but i was in sri lanka for christmas once and it's a jungle Like, literally. And we went golfing on Christmas morning. <laughs> That's not too bad, though, is it? No, it was all right. It was hot, though. It was weird having Christmas in a hot country. Did you feel Christmassy at all, then? The only reason I felt Christmassy is because I was with my parents. Being in a super hot country with artificial Christmas trees all around, it was like they were trying really hard yeah. to make it Christmassy and to celebrate. It was just like, decorate your palm trees. That's something I don't really enjoy or that, that rubs me the wrong way when I see all these plastic Christmas trees. But that's because I am from a country who has its own Christmas trees. Yeah. So, and actual natural ones. And it's just feel, it just feels a bit, but then again, you have to cut them all down. So that's not, pre not very awesome for Mother Earth as well. So who knows? Uh, I read a statistic that if you buy like a, uh, one of the plastic trees, to make the environmental impact worthwhile instead of cutting down your own tree every year, you need to make sure that, or you need to continually use the same tree for eight plus years in order for the environmental impact to match the sustainability of like cutting down uh, natural trees every year. I have an artificial tree just because I do. I've had one for many years. <laughs> Uh, despite wanting a real tree every year, it's just not a sustainable practice for me. The cleaning? The cleaning up of all the pine needles. Oh, yeah. I just don't have a tree at all. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> I'm like, one tree in the family is enough. Also, my ex-boyfriend gave all my Christmas things away. Your ex-boyfriend is a dick. <laughs> That was, it's a pretty funny story, though. Okay. I, I should add that now because just because it's hilarious. They were doing this fair where they sold where they sold Christmassy things because it was part of the church and everything, mm -hmm. and they baked goods and sold them um, on a marketplace. And I went to him in the morning with my Christmas decoration and said, "Look at this! That's my Christmas decoration. You can use this to decorate the stand, right?" So and he was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. I told him that like two or three times, and like after the third time, he was said. Yeah, do you think I'm listening? Gua, gua, gua. Okay, then little Moni went to work, right? And came back to the Christmas stand after five or six hours. And what did she see there? 
half of her Christmas stuff sold to people <laughs> because he just put it there and sold it because they were really pretty Christmas balls and ornaments and everything. And they got it for way cheap because he just put them there and sold them. And I was like, are those my Christmas things? And he was like, yeah, well, sure. <laughs> I had them. He had to admit that he's just a bit stupid. And, um, actually put them there for sale unintended because he forgot that I told him that they were for decoration purposes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I don't have any more anyway. Whatever. We don't need a Christmas tree. You don't need a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> it would take ages to buy all those ornaments back anyways, right? And expensive. Yeah. Tom and I have a tradition that we gather and collect Christmas ornaments from countries and cities that we go to on our travels. Nice. So it's kind of made our tree unique. The only other ornaments that are on it are from my grandparents because when I first moved over to Northern Ireland and got a tree, I didn't have any decorations and they were like, go up in the attic and take the big box of decorations because we don't do a tree anymore. If they did, it was like a really small one. But I was like, okay, went up in the attic, found the six toasters, found the four kettles and found the box of Christmas tree ornaments. And some of them are terrifying. Like there is this, the creepiest Santa I've ever seen in my life. And we put it on the tree every single year because Tom thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> So there's there's that creepy ornament. There's a few other creepy ornaments that two of them, three of them actually got promoted, demoted, I don't know, to the Halloween decoration box. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, how horrible must they look? They are pretty, pretty dang terrifying. And then there's, yeah, there's just a few other quite pretty ones from them. And Tom's family actually bought us a cow Christmas tree ornament this year. So it's nice. Uh, joined the tree with pride. <laughs> That's really awesome. And I really feel like I need to see the terrible ornaments sometime. Sometime. I'll take some pictures for you. Awesome. I will so, show you these ones in the meantime that were my grandparents. They're purple and orange and green. Listeners, I'm seeing them right now. I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> they're fantastic. Like they're totally from the 70s or something. They're just the best ball. They look a bit Indian though. I don't know. They're like not Bollywood even like style, <laughs> handmade with gold and stuff and purple. Take a picture and I'll put it on social media for us all. <laughs> like they don't match any of the other decorations that were on my grandparents tree or in that box and i'm like these are so out of character and i love them so every <laughs> they all go on i think there's four of them and every year all four go on but we're not actually here to talk about our christmas trees even though it's a christmasy subject and i like that we're doing it hang on before we move over do you have geeky christmas ornaments well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you see. It. Last year for Christmas, I actually don't know where it came from, but there is a Yoda ornament. Nice. Um, yeah, there's a Yoda ornament. And there are two Looney Tunes ornaments, a Taz and a Tweety Bird. Obviously a Tweety. Obviously. I don't know why I've got the Taz, but he's eating popcorn. So that's probably why I've got the yeah. And our most recent acquisition is from New York City. And it has a bit of a backstory. So we've all at least heard of, if not seen, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And when we were there both times this year, staying with our friend Felicia and Tom is like, it is one of his Christmas movies. He just loves it. So he was like, I, it's my goal to go to all the places that Kevin went to. <laughs> so it became kind 
kind of a, a meme for us. And if like one of us got lost or like stopped walking when the other ones would keep walking, we were like, Kevin! <laughs> um, to, just to like give a little, I've stopped, you know, wait for me. Um, so we, when we were looking for a New York Christmas ornament, we were having trouble finding one. We saw like this cork board, one that we liked, I should say. Okay. Not an, an ornament of New York. There are loads. <laughs> so finding one that we liked, there was a cork board of the United States um, that you could like color in the States. And I was like, that's quite cool because we go to the States quite often. Like it'd be cool to fill it in and see our map explode onto the tree. <laughs> I don't know. Explode and then Tom, onto the tree. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get it. I kind of wish we had. It was awesome. Um, and then Tom saw this like super, super tacky Eiffel Tower. Not Eiffel Tower. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly they're in France. Suddenly. Um, no, he, he saw this really tacky Statue of Liberty. You know, the one that France gave to New York, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I was <laughs> like, absolutely not. That's not going on our tree. Because even though it's a bit tacky, it's not like that tacky. Then I found a wooden print cutout of Kevin McAllister holding his hands to his face and screaming. Nice. So there is now a Kevin McAllister ornament on the tree. And I think that's pretty geeky because... Oh, yeah. Because it is. Like, I, there's there's like... It's not even a... this is There's a reason this is geeky. It's like, no, this is just damn geeky. It is just damn geeky. Also, you did the tour and everything. So that's pretty damn geeky. It's the enthusiasm about all of it. That's what makes it geeky. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's. I think that's officially, it's like a travel ornament, but it's also officially the geekiest ornament on the tree. Even though you have some sort of Yoda on it? Yeah. I don't know what was in that Yoda. It's like a ball that opens. Okay. I have no idea what was in it or where it came from. Or if I gave it to Tom or if he gave it to me. I just know that it's there. Monica, have you seen the news lately? Yeah, occasionally I do see the news. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard about all these controversial Christmas subjects that have come up? Oh, yes, I did. I did, I did. Because obviously we have to do some research when we meet or before we meet. So I, it's pretty educating doing a podcast, people. <laughs> it is. For me, these controversies especially the first one we're going to talk about, have become real life for me. This first one, it's a subject that my parents brought up to me multiple times when I was there with them in Florida. Really? (laughs) Yep, so no research required (laughs) for this one. (laughs) It's it's probably the reason why I don't get it is because we're talking about an English Christmas song. Yes. Since we do have our own weird songs, but that one we don't have and don't have it translated. And that's probably for the best, I I guess. Yeah, it is. So listeners, you've probably guessed by now, we are talking about the iconic Baby It's Cold Outside. Originally recorded back in 1949 for a movie called Neptune's Daughter and re-recorded multiple times as a Christmas classic, probably most notably and more recently by Michael Bublé, the King of Christmas himself. The what? King of Christmas? Absolutely. Don't you know that after Christmas, he actually goes back in his ice cave, and then in December, he defrosts again to sing all his Christmas songs? (laughs) That's coming. I recently saw him on the Graham Norton show, where they told us that his Christmas album is always on number one. I think it is in Canada. Yeah, well, he's Canadian. 
Ah, okay. So that's where your enthusiasm comes from. <laughs> I don't know if it's enthusiasm. I mean, no offense to the great mi- Mr. Buble, but um, I've heard better Christmas songs. You mean like Baby, It's Cold Outside? Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. for sure. And But I do like his Christmas songs, his, like his other Christmas songs that he's singing. I mean, they're not his. He's just singing Christmas songs, people. I quite like him, actually. Yeah. I, I, I can't even deny it. I, yeah. I like Michael Bublé. Not yeah, to the point that I actually have any of his albums or anything, but, you know. You can listen to them on Spotify. Exactly. Or, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Baby, It's Cold Outside. For those who don't know, Baby, It's Cold Outside is a song sung in a call and answer format. So it's basically one singer says something to the other singer who then turns and responds. In this case, the call, who's also known as the mouse because they're trying to run away, says, I really can't stay. And then the answer by the wolf says, but baby, it's cold outside. And that's basically the or the least offensive part in the song because it gets basically still arguable, right? So that's not a very offensive from the start, but the problem is that it goes on like this. Yeah. And it gets worse. Yeah, so it definitely gets worse, um, the lyrics. What started as a parlor hit that really addressed the, the cultural nuances at the time, it doesn't hold up in today's time. The song was written and sung originally at a time that it was we had kind of a prudish society talking openly about sex celebrating sex having freedom and choice to have sex outside of marriage it was all very frowned upon like it was it was not done and if you did it well it was not spoken about it was definitely done exactly exactly sorry yes you're right but you were kind of frowned upon in society like you were known as or rumored about or spoken about as like one of those women you know and that's the thing that you're bringing up right now one of those women because men could openly have more children with different women you just could never have a relationship with more men when you were a woman and not even talk about uh homosexual relationships with anyone sure in the 40s and the 50s like it even though it happened an unmarried woman staying over at an unmarried man's house was just not prop society (laughs) that's so very well said (laughs) yes so all of the lyrics in this song basically are the woman saying like giving an excuse for why she needs to go even though she she wants to stay and the man's like but just stay. It's cold. You've ha- and, like trying to give her reasons why she should stay. And she's trying then giving him reasons why she cannot stay. Few of them are because people will talk or the family will talk and everybody basically will talk. Yep. And like that's, that's the, one of the last lines, right? It's like there's bound to be talk tomorrow if she stays. But what I find most problematic in the song is that At some point, there is a phrase where she says, she literally says, no. I ought to say no, 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 sir. She says, I ought to say no, no, no. You mean she didn't actually? Yeah, she didn't say no. She said, I should say no. I simply must go. The answer is no. But then that's what I mean. The answer is no. That line there, sorry. Yeah. 
And that's still ignored. Yeah. So that brings us to, you know, today's culture where we know that consent is an issue. Yeah. And like no means no. And that's why there is a problem with this song. And it's not only that no means no, it's also that not all the time saying nothing doesn't automatically mean yes. I just recently, because I'm listening, obviously also listening to a lot of podcasts at the moment, which one of them is Armchair Experts with Dex Shepard, who's the husband of Kirsten Bell, who is amazing. So, <laughs> But anyway, what he was saying in one of the episodes very recently, or at least in the ones that I listened to, is that actually that there is a, a third option besides fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So it's not always, yes, I'm totally against this. Um, I fight against it or I flee but also people can be paralyzed and that doesn't automatically mean that it's a yes. And that's something that people and especially sometimes men don't understand or and see as a, as a positive answer. So sometimes when a woman doesn't specifically say yes, but is paralyzed because of the circumstances or the moment or whatever, they don't acknowledge that this could be a no which is a big problem. So that's why she says in the song, the answer is no, but it still goes on like half the song. That's sometimes in the, somewhere in the middle of the song, right? Yeah, it's definitely not a song that holds up in our society today. Yeah. So I think that the point of this issue is like, while Baby It's Cold Outside was not originally written in a controversial manner, and it was actually written for the humor at the time and Mm -hmm. to like nod to those women and men out there who, you know, wink, wink, weren't up to society standards. Wink, wink. (laughs) And like it was tongue in cheek and, and comedic. It just doesn't hold up in today's society. It doesn't hold up in our culture today. Doesn't mean that the song itself was offensive, but this is why there's controversy. Something that we probably still also have to add is that when you watch the video on YouTube, there are two parts of the song. So on the one, the one part is where the man tries to persuade the woman to stay. Um, and then the second part, then the roles are switched and there is another, a different couple. And in that case, the woman tries to convince the man to stay. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. And while the second part... You fe- I felt when I watched it, I fa- found the second part way more tongue-in-cheek. Like, that was... Th- when you see that one, you definitely see that it's a joke. It's, it's something where she can't be serious. I mean, she was very serious and she tried to really convince the guy too, but he was more of the funny, jokey guy. He looked funny. Like, he was not that tall and handsome man, but he was just a little... like a Chester more and they made more fun of the second scene whereas the first part was way more serious mm-hmm. like also tongue-in-cheeky and you could get the vibes that she didn't really want to go but that felt way more stepping the line than the second one did which is also kind of double standard because there are also men that can be harassed by women or other men so that's not always the only issue issue is not always only with women even though it's way 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 more intense yes what you say it it doesn't hold up to our standards in 2018 but what should we do now 
What would be a what what could be a solution? I don't know what the solution is, to be honest. I, I know that some radio stations banned the song and then I'm conflicted. <laughs> because as soon as you make it like that, people will be way more interested. Mm-hmm. As soon as you ban something, people will be way more interested. And that's what happened because the sale the song itself then like hit the charts again or or sold immensely or something. So some radio standards banned it and it just exploded again. I mean, maybe what the answer is to stop recording it, like stop re-recording it over the years, let it die out of radio play. Like don't outright ban it. Don't make an issue out of it. Just let the song disappear on its own. Like so many things have in the past. That or reinvented like either the tunes is the tune is good Mm -hmm. like it's a catchy christmas tune and they could totally rewrite some lyrics yeah and and that would cause problems in itself changing it and yeah i might i mean i know that from experience because we changed our national anthem to include the women in there and people went bonkers oh man so did canada So that's like, there's another um, movie. Well, there is a movie out as well that has this Christmas controversy as well. And that's Rudolph the Rendo's Reindeer. Claymation one from like the 50s. So I'm seeing, I'm just going to put my hand up. Like this is one of my favorite movies. I watch it every single year on Christmas Eve. You mean the one with the figures? Yep. And like the Island of Misfit Toys and Yukon Cornelius and the big like Yeti. Um, absolutely love this movie. And this Christmas, there's issues with it being uh, like portraying bullies in a positive manner because Rudolph gets bullied. And that's in the song that's been going on since like the 50s. And mm-hmm. now it's it's an issue. Personally, I I would like to think like, and this is not just me saying I love this Christmas movie. This is me saying like this Christmas movie has been in my life my entire life and I haven't turned out to be a bully. But my parents always taught me that it's not okay to treat somebody the way that Rudolph is treated. So it and and Rudolph turned out really great. So well Santa's kind of a jerk in it. <laughs> and Rudolph gets bullied even by his own parents and told to change and like it's kind of bad from that sense. But then you see Rudolph at the end and he shines bright literally (laughs) but being who he is and so I actually think that like while there are issues with bullying in it I think the real story is like you're going you can succeed with who you are like be yourself embrace your originality your uniqueness sometimes I think parents have a big responsibility that in 2018 with a lot of other things going on, is sometimes put to other places. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not, I don't mean that in a judgmental way at all. That's just unfortunately sometimes how society evolved. But the thing is that it really demands a good conversation with your kids to educate them as to why this is a problem. Definitely, Monica. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, it's the fault of, of parents. There's no judgment there for, no. for what they, like, believe. But just from my point of view, I don't think the, this movie in particular should be bad. I think just education about bullying and, and being your own awesome rainbow self should be promoted. That should be the moral of the story. Exactly. 
and not that there were bullies in the... I, the problem is I don't know that movie really, so I don't know how it yeah. turns out. Do, do you get the bullies? Do they get punished? Not really. They just know that Rudolph saved the day and he's the best reindeer. And you don't even know the song? The movie is about the song. I'm sorry, no. We're the worst. Why am I doing a Christmas episode with an Austrian? We don't have <laughs> Santa Claus over here. Well, we have the, the Christkind, which is the Christ child, which is a chubby angel flying around and is basically baby Jesus. That's what we have. That's fair. So you probably don't have an opinion on our next story either. The gender-neutral Santa. Well, about that, I can always have an opinion. <laughs> So this has been making its rounds on my Facebook feed for the past few weeks. Two women volunteered to play Santa Claus in England, like a mall Santa Claus, uh, despite there being plenty of male volunteers. What does despite even mean? Despite, <laughs> like, there, there's always male volunteers. So yeah. there's loads and loads. So, and yet two women volunteered. Like Just because there are men volunteering doesn't mean that women can't volunteer. Sure. But then there's the argument that the historical figure of St. Nicholas is a man. Santa Claus is based off St. Nicholas. Like, he is a man. Yeah, but also St. Nicholas probably didn't wear red jacket, uh, red trousers, and really red head with a white fur thing on top of it. No, it's true. As to historical accuracy goes, yes. Yeah. And uh, 27% of Americans that were surveyed believe that Santa Claus should be rebranded as either female or gender neutral. I find that statistic really baffling. Baffling that it's so high or baffling that it's so low or baffling that they actually polled about this. The first and the latter, because I'd be surprised like 30% is like, I didn't even think about that. That's never been something that should be up for discussion for me because not every figure in human history can be rebranded in some sort of way besides that santa claus is basically made from coca-cola anyway <laughs> but is santa claus a brand no not really no so, everybody uses santa claus yeah and then there's also the figure of mrs claus which i'm not sure how their relationship is in real life but sure <laughs> so that that is definitely causing controversy along the same veins of Rudolph and Baby It's Cold Outside on my Facebook feed. Especially with that one, I find that really tricky because it's a fake issue that is made up by whoever had a bad day or got rubbed the wrong way or needed some readers or likes on whatever social media post. And it ridicules basically so many things to even put that up for a discussion. Yeah, I completely agree. Like these are outrage tactics that the media are using to take away from the big issues. It's like Donald Trump and all his idiocy is mostly outrage tactics to take away from like passing dodgy bills through parliament or Senate or Congress or whatever they go through in the States. Mm -hmm. Like these outrage tactics over these Christmas issues in quotation marks, like these aren't real issues, people. Yeah, They're not what real activists, what real feminists, what real genderists, I don't know. They're not real issues. Like, I get so annoyed about this. I'm like, (laughs) why is this causing such controversy? It doesn't matter what generation. I'm seeing, like, 
my parents' age. I'm seeing younger than me. I'm seeing peers. I'm like, open your eyes. <laughs> no, but it's a me- message to get people involved who also would fall for a satire newspaper post. Sure. And to discuss something that is dear to their heart, like Santa Claus is dear to everyone's heart. Mm-hmm. So it's everyone's concern and everybody has an opinion on it. You match two topics that are already emotionally heated. So something that you're really concerned about with something you, and a lot of society most of the time probably has a negative. That's pretty generalizing here right now, but they're not too big of a fan. With about to, to talk about a lot of gender topics and feminist issues because often, unfortunately, feminists also has this negative connotation. Mm-hmm. So they combine something that's dear to the heart to something that has a negative connotation and suddenly you have a very intense opinion about things. That's not even a real opinion because you can just talk about something, but in reality, you talk about nothing at all. Exactly. And I hope that's not what we're doing talking about nothing at all (laughs) do we talk about nothing at all sometimes just not now we're talking about something quite real here the media and then everybody else jumping on the media bandwagon not looking at the real issues it's keeping us distracted from the real news from the real issues like there are real gender issues out there there's real issues about sexuality out there there are real bullying issues out there and there are real rape issues in this world Oh, yeah. Not to mention all the other issues, race and inequality and poor and homeless and prison system. Like, there are so many bigger issues out there. Let's talk about real stuff. That's why we talk about Geek Girl in the News once a month. Like, we're trying to bring some light to the real issues that are out there. And to praise people sometimes. Yeah, because... It's awesome to see awesome people do awesome things. Yeah. And it's often just also about representation and women things need to be seen more as well. And LGBTQ plus things need to be seen more as well as well. (laughs) As well as well. As well as well. So where do you stand on the Christmas controversy, listeners? Monica, (laughs) me. I think I've made it pretty clear. I think Monica's made it pretty clear. Yeah. So tell us, listeners, how do you feel about this? With, we, we genuinely want to know. We do want to know and we swear we're not going to roast you. No, we would like to open discussion with you and yes. talk, talk about it. Ta- let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Talk about it. But I think we need to move on to a bit of a lighter conversation, bring our Christmas episode nearer to its end. I have to tell you something and you're going to be shocked. So I do hope that your listeners, that you're sitting down right now. My co-host, Monica, has never seen a Hallmark Christmas movie. I'm sorry. Again, Austrian. (laughs) Like, as if that's an excuse. Hallmark Christmas movies are a staple of Christmas. I don't even know. Tell me one movie. They don't need titles, Monica. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They don't need titles. They don't need titles. Most of them have the same actors and actresses. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And they are just feel-good family Christmas terrible movies. And they're amazing. Are they, though? Feel-good movies? Most because, of the time. <laughs> because from what the bot told us, they don't, don't sound really feel-good. 
It's true. It's actually hilarious. Monica did not know what a Hallmark Christmas movie was, so she Googled them. And the only thing that she could find, or I should say the first thing she should find, she could find was somebody who had forced a bot to watch 100 Hallmark Christmas movies and then get the bot to write a script. You know what I just had in my head when you said force the bot to watch the Christmas movies? They tied a robot to a chair <laughs> and you had to watch all the movies. But I'm sure that that's not what happened. <laughs> I kind of hope that it was what happened. All the rights to the robots. Yes. So I think uh, we'll read this one-page script out for you because it's hilarious and it's pretty accurate for Christmas movies for these Hallmark Christmas movies which I have a love-hate relationship with. You have a hate relationship with them? Oh no, I love them but I hate them and I also hate how much I love them and I love how much I hate them. Gotcha. Gather your bearings, people. Take a cup of eggnog. Is that something you drink? Uh, Yes. Get your gingerbread and listen to the story. So it's called The Christmas on Christmas. I don't know what that short form is for. Same. <laughs> it says int, small, intro into a small town snow globe refillery. We see a single mother refilling snow globes with Christmas juice. She is widow. Her husband died in every war. I refill globes better than Jesus Claus. Yet still, my twins are dad free. Why? They need double dad. Businessman enters the shop. He wears clothes that cost money. <laughs> His hands are briefcases and he's Hallmark caught. Which is my new phrase forever. Hallmark caught. <laughs> Hi, do your snow globes lack wet? Hurry, Christmas attacks soon. Businessman has flashback to when he was business boy. A Christmas tree explodes his family on purpose. <laughs> he now hates trees and Christmas and explosions. He exists, he exits the flashback. Shut your sound. I am from huge city. I bought your land and I'm turning it into an oil resort. <laughs> Rude behavior. This is a family business. I sell families. I am widow. My husband is now bones. My husband is so phone. <laughs> Single mother points to her husband's bones in the corner of the room. They are. <laughs> I'm shaking my pants here. <laughs> okay. They are all gift wrapped in eggnog. All of my wives are bones. That is America. But I must make money for my twins to live. They are a prince. I too own twins. Please don't have bought my land. Christmas is today. Laugh. I bought Christmas and now it is never unless we go on dates. I cannot date because of a snow curse. I pray Santa helps me. Santa cannot help. She did not know, but Santa was her husband. Santa is Bones. Bones help nobody. <laughs> so I'm. that was the funniest thing ever, number one. Well, basically funniest thing after the bot who wrote another Harry Potter chapter. True. Number two, it's safe to say that Hallmark Christmas script writers, their job is safe. Though I would watch the shit out of that movie. 
I would watch the shit out of that movie <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> oh man, Christmas. Anybody else obsessed with Christmas Hallmark movies? Maybe one of you can give me a, at least one title. That Just would be like cool. say Christmas, the Christmas tree that Christmas on Christmas Eve. I'm sure that's a title. The Christmas Snow donkey. Snow boots. Snow boots. Snow Christmas bones is definitely one of them. Christmas bones is one now. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Did you enjoy that delicious reading of the Christmas on Christmas? I think we should be script actors. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely get a job doing that. We should do readings in 100%. public. I think uh, us getting on stage, reading that would be amazing. It would be. Yeah. Last but not least, but perhaps most importantly, are you late on your Christmas shopping? Do you need some gift ideals, ideas for the geek feminist girls in your life? Oh, I, I'm still late on my Christmas shopping, but there are still a few days to go, right? Yeah, like five. Well, I do have Christmas on Monday already, so I only have Friday and Saturday to buy stuff. So this is our light-hearted portion. Woo! Woo! Well, I know the Hallmark one was pretty deep shit as well. Oh yeah, it was like the deepest shit we talked about this entire show. <laughs> Obviously. What would you like for Christmas, Geek Girl Morning? I would really like to have a Nintendo Switch this Christmas. Me? But everything geek-themed is fine with me. So buy me Harry Potter merch and I'm a happy girl. That's true. I am eyeing up a Hufflepuff messenger bag. Would love one of those. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Because Amanda's a Hufflepuff people. So if I you am. want to buy her presents, buy her Hufflepuff presents. Yeah, except for a scarf. I already have a scarf. You already have a scarf? Like an actual Hufflepuff one? Scarf, yeah. Somebody nice. got it for me a few years ago through Secret Santa. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, so the geeky gifts that I would like, a lot of my list is actually books. I just finished reading, actually, I bought this book in the cutest, most amazing local bookstore in New York, and it's called Girls Resist, A Guide to Activism, Leadership, and Starting a Revolution. It only came out this year, um, and it's written by Kaylin Rich, Mm -hmm. and it was so good. Like, it was a really, it was written for girls in high school. Mm -hmm. like starting protests and standing up for what they believe in and getting involved in activism and start while well, starting a revolution. And it was really good. So if there is a geek girl in, still in high school that you like is ready to flex her geek feminist wings or just feminist wings, like whatever, this book is really good. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes. Awesome. And I see you added some other awesome thing here that got recommended to us by someone special as well. Yes, one of the one of our best listeners. Hey, Michael, we're going to talk about you twice today. Hi, Michael. <laughs> um, he told us to check out the Goodnight Story of Sir Rebel Girls, Volume One and Two. Um, it's fun because they were already on my Amazon wish list. I really want these books, so it's nice that that he's thinking of us all the time. If you want to raise strong girls, buy them awesome books, and not only princess ones. Um, other books that I would really like for my list maybe the geek girl in your life is the sam mags books pretty much oh, yeah. all, of them. all uh, of them all of them we have pretty much all of them besides the newest one that just came out yeah the marvel superheroes 
female superheroes in Marvel, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice illustrations as well. But I don't have that one either. Like, mm-hmm. not yet. But we will get them all. One I have on my list, book-wise, is The Guilty Feminist. Oh, yeah. Me too. So that's a pretty awesome podcast that I'm also listening to recently. And she wrote a book. She's a comedian and she wrote a book. So I, when I get it, if I get it, who knows, then I'm pretty sure it's going to be hilarious. Michelle Obama's book is also high up there mm-hmm. on my list. It looks yes. amazing. I cannot wait to read it. I watched her on Oprah or with Oprah. Oh, that really? was pretty cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, yeah. So other than books, the only things that are on my list, well, they're not even on my list, but I would never say no to like geeky merchandise, especially jewelry. Mm-hmm. I am a big like earrings and necklace girl. I love earrings and necklaces. So there's plenty of fandom jewelry out there. I don't wear jewelry. Don't buy me jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> but there are other also merch things like sweaters or shirts. You know who sells shirts? Geek Herring. You should check out our merch store. <laughs> we have the best shirts. I'm wearing one and I'm holding it to the camera that you don't see. <laughs> it's true. It's the Harry Potter one. Hermione, Minerva, Ginny, Molly, and Luna. Yes. Yes. Um, so we've got geek shirts for most of the fandoms out there. So some of the for, fandoms out there. Yeah. Some All the ones that we, we've talked about. Dig. Like, those are probably the biggest geeky gifts that I I would want this year. Like, Switch is probably high up there on that list. Uh, Switch is high up on there. I started to play with the NES Classic that I bought for the Weirdo. It's so cool. Oh, so good. I'm jealous. Um, but I had no idea that you can play all the classic, like the old ones on the Switch as well. So, and there are more of them. I know. Because on the classic one, there are almost no games on it. That's so sad. There is not even Mario Kart on it. Oh, what's the point? Exactly. (laughs) Two things before the end of the show. I need to retract something that I said on our last Geek Girl in the News episode. I said that Christy Golden has taken over writing from Mike Morheim, who recently retired. And well, uh, from Blizzard. And well, Christy Golden has taken over writing and Mike Morheim has recently retired. It was Chris, Chris Metzen who was the head writer, who is also no longer with the company. So, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to diss you. And sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to get your job wrong. (laughs) As soon as I said it, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is wrong. And I was. So, holding my hands up and doing a little fact correction. We're that good. We're rectifying our mistakes. Of course. (laughs) And the second part... We got a new iTunes review. That's what you were aiming for. I wasn't sure if that's what you were talking about. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so we got a new iTunes review. Woo, that's review number four. And before I read it, I want to make an observation. All of our reviews have come from dudes. Which, which is, is awesome. Yeah. But I'm surprised by it because, you know, we talk about geek girl issues. But it's good we're educating them, isn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, boo, we got reviews from dudes. I'm just like, <laughs> why haven't we gotten any reviews from a woman? We so appreciate all of the reviews. We do appreciate them. But do you want to be the first woman reviewer that we are reading out on, your, on our show? Because you have no idea how we would celebrate this. Celebrate so much. Gather your bearings, people. 
Just saying. <laughs> so this review comes from our good friend, Michael Height from Food and Fury, who Amanda was on a podcast with already. So people should hop over to Frazzlecast and check that one out. Yeah, that's on Frazzlecast. And then Michael himself, his podcast is all about food. It's awesome. He has Food and Fury. It's a really cool show um, that they basically talk you through a recipe through the entire podcast and like they cook and make it on the show. It's it's nice. a really, really interesting show. Definitely check it out. He's also on Snacksroth, which is all dedicated to Warcraft. And it's like making snacks for long gaming sessions. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's awesome. It, it's uh, always featured on Frazzlecast. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. So Michael, you're awesome. Sarah, his co-host, you're awesome too. And Michael reviewed us on iTunes and said, I can say that this is an eye-opening podcast for both men and women alike. It delves into so many poignant topics that surround feminism and gender roles in regards to geek culture. Each episode stays focused on the topic while asking some thought-provoking questions. Keep up the hard and good work. Your friends over at Food and Fury and Snacks are off. I really love Snacks Roth. Yeah. Like the, the name is amazing. It's so good, right? Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. You're the best. You're the best. So, listeners, that's our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. Happy Jinky Christmas. Jinky. We're doing quite a lot of whoop, eh? Well, it's Christmas, and I don't know about you, Monica, but I'm taking some time off. I'm... Not, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm, I'm looking forward to having a few days of rest and relaxation. Yeah, that's a good choice. It's a very good choice. Yeah. And we will definitely do some gaming while you're resting. Oh, yeah. Have you downloaded um, Final Fantasy fourteen and Guild Wars 2? I started to download Guild Wars 2, but not sure if it works on my machine. Well, we will find out. We will find out. But the PlayStation 4 is in the downloading zone phase, yes. For the entire afternoon, I might say. But whatever. (laughs) Exciting. Well, I'm excited to game with you over the week. Yes. And if you guys want to game with us, get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and we can share our game codes with you guys. Yes. You can find us on all three platforms at Geek Herring. And And also on Patreon. At Geek Herring. And we have a website. Geekcaring.com. I think that was well done. I'm, yeah, we should practice that. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So see ya next week. Next week for our last episode of 2018. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. It is a really good one. It's already yeah. recorded. It's awesome. Yay. Yay. So Merry Christmas, listeners, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. Jingle Bells Rock. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.